there, and welcome to the Zero Half Hour, brought to you by Zero Hour Health and Zedic, a podcast where we talk with leaders from across the food service industry and beyond about the pressing issues of the day in 30 minutes or less. Our goal is to share ideas from diverse perspectives on a range of topics that matter to every business in the current and post-COVID eras. I'm Rosalind Stone, CEO of Zero Hour Health, and thanks for joining us. Today, our guest is Lindy Miller. Lindy is Senior Director for Food Safety, New Product Development, and Nutrition for Bloomin' Brands. She's been with Bloomin', which includes Outback, Carabas, Bonefish, and Flemings for nine years. And prior to joining Bloomin', she was Director for Global Product Innovation R&D for Burger King. Lindy is my go-to person when there's a food safety issue going on out there with her depth of knowledge, industry experience, and connections. It doesn't matter what the time of day or night I call, she'll always pick up the phone. Welcome, Lindy. Short bio, sure. yeah. who you are, I can what do. you do for Bloomin' Brands, your current role. Sure, yeah, so short bio, um, I am super fortunate enough to have worked on a few different sides of this industry. I started at age 16, so it's been, it's been, it's been a while. Worked uh, front of house, back of house in the restaurants for some big chains, uh, such as Brinker, Boston Market. Uh, worked across corporate food service, uh, you know, in new product development, food safety, nutrition, and that's for Burger King as well as Bloomin'. And then I've spent lots of years in food manufacturing for um, some major companies such as ConAgra and Armors of Deckridge and, and worked in private label uh, as well. So, so very fortunate to have worked on a couple different sides of the industry. But I'll tell you the, the, the big passion with my current role in food safety for Bloomin is that I started my career super, super early in the elementary school years when um, I got salmonella, my brother and I did, from Jewel Milk. This was before fluid dairy was pasteurized, so I'm showing some age. But that is where the true food safety passion started. And our team, yeah, not a good start, but hey, it, it's meaningful. Uh, the, the, our team's responsible for the farm to fork. So we do in restaurant food safety, but we also do the whole supply chain, uh, food safety. So we're out in the fields, we're out at the slaughter facilities, uh, validating supply. Boy, and that has become so much of a bigger, um, of a bigger thing, you know, um, Years ago, we'd worry about you know restaurants running out of things. Right. You and I would worry about restaurants running 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 out of things right. on Sunday night and going to Publix or Stop and Shop, and now we're worried about what happens in the field, yes. um, on mm-hmm. farm to table. It's such a it's been such an interesting journey because we don't have those conversations about Mm-mm. Sunday night running out and buying right chopped right. Milk. Exactly, which is a good thing. It's a good thing that we're not talking about that anymore. But we, we, we definitely worry about what happens very much upstream and how that food arrives at our restaurants. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been, been um, spent a lot of time this, this past week working on a Giardia outbreak for an, another client and, you know, learned more about that upstream and, you know, where, you know, that we have so little control over where animals roam and those kinds mm-hmm. of things. Yes. So what was your first post-COVID event? Post-COVID event. Yeah, I had to, I had to think about this because we truthfully have been playing it pretty safe, you know, for a good year and a half now because I have little ones that aren't of age to vaccine yet. So we've been choosing our events extremely wisely and cautiously. 
and uh, my daughters had a dance recital just it's early June and so we participated in that and um, I have to tell you I was a bit of a nervous wreck I, my friends told me I didn't show it at all which is probably just the profession coming out but uh, I was so nervous about being in the public setting as well as doing hair because you know for those that know me well I don't do hair and makeup so I was super worried about doing their hair and uh, <laughs> Uh, more worried about that and then just worried about the event but the but the venue did such a nice job and even surprisingly for florida did a really nice job with the social distancing and required masks even for vaccinated folks as front of stage back of stage and all of that and then they allowed the dancers on stage to take the masks off so it was it was well done and uh you know we made it through and about three quarters of the way through i was celebrating thinking hey we did this we made it through our first event post-covid and everybody was super happy um, anxious to see the videos since I was backstage, but uh, you know, a funny story how we celebrated though, because this kind of comes back to supply chain. We uh, took the kids through a quick service drive through, fast casual or um, drive through, and after the event, it's nine o'clock at night. They thought they were rock stars eating dinner, you know, nine o'clock at night. And uh, you know, some of the produce was left off a few items. And it, it's funny because um, my husband kind of started getting angry. And the kids were just like, yeah, mom, you just tell us, roll with it. Everybody's doing the best they can these days. We're, we're just, some folks are out of things. It's okay. We just, we just roll with it, right? And I'm thinking, yeah, you know, you kids got this. You just roll with it. Roll with the changes. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Years ago, um, we were in the office and somehow it came out that I had a bunch of employees that live 45 miles from New York City and had never been to a, bro never been to a Broadway show. Oh. I'm like, no, no, we have to fix this. Yes. So we rented a van <laughs> and uh, we, we got tickets for what we could get, get tickets to, you know, for that size group. It happened to have been Fiddler on the Roof on Broadway. Oh, we're very in cool. The, we're in the van and my daughter, who was eight or nine at the time, is in the very back of the van. And of course, I take a call, which, as you know, I do from everywhere from all everywhere, the time. So we do, yeah. <laughs> okay, and it was one of our very first MRSA outbreaks, and oh. it was it was uh, sort of a subcategory. It was actually something called furunculosis, which is very very unusual. And spent the entire drive with much of our team in this van, mm -hmm. and my my kid all the way in the back. The next morning, she brings me a PowerPoint presentation that she did as a little art project on furunculosis. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and had a, a animatronic, an animated fish, which is where one might get furunculosis swimming through the presentation, through the oh, PowerPoint. So that's great. I think our kids probably have, have grown up with some pretty similar, they sure mine have. are much older, but grown up with some pretty similar experiences. <laughs> so in your family, you talked about the kids are not yet vaccinated. The kids are not, mm -hmm. yeah, two are not of age, one is. And so we're just going to do them together when, um, when they're of age. So my plan is to do it for sure mm -hmm. with the kids. Because I have to say, it's been it's been a bit of a stress relief now that I'm two weeks past that second dose, and uh, you know it, it's nice. It's very much more comforting. It is in in the public setting. Yeah, big stress relief. I agree. So COVID raised some really significant supply chain and food safety challenges, mm -hmm. really of immense proportion. Let's talk about yes. let's talk about them. What did that look like inside Bloomin' early in COVID, and then later on? Yeah, I think. Uh, you know, very interesting, you know, past year plus that we've had. And, uh, you know, one of the reasons I joined Blumen about nine years ago was that we have a very, very agile and uh, solution-minded supply chain team. Uh, there are goals always to get to yes and or um, find solutions. 
and we're very much very much teamwork attitude sometimes it's the eight-year-old soccer team right swarming at the ball right that's there's some pros and cons with that but uh we reacted very very early to slow down the pipeline um what was super super helpful for bloomin like many restaurant companies is that we pared down to a simplified menu you know it was the core favorites you know go-to items so that was super, super helpful um, when our operations team took a hard stab at just let's let's simplify operations, cut the menu down. And that did help supply chain, right? Because it was less for us to focus on uh, from a food safety perspective, from a supply chain perspective. Uh, and, and we're working with all of our pre-approved suppliers and facilities, right? So it was, so it was real helpful, you know, early on. The other thing that we did is, uh, like, like many folks, we took a hard look at perishable goods and where they're typically stored, and could we move it? You know, could we move it around? Could we put an item that's typically refrigerated with, say, a 90-day shelf life and put it in the freezer? So we did do some of that. Um, what I was very, very thankful for is we have a very seasoned team. You know, we're, we're all several dozen years out in the industry and have worked across many, many food categories. And so we leaned heavily on all that experience to do shelf life extensions for different categories. Where could we push? Where could we not? Uh, and it was, it was very risk assessment, the approach we were using, but uh, that did help out tremendously early on with the pandemic. What about the shortages? The shortages, yes. The shortages have been, have been uh, truthfully more of a challenge for us. Sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, like many folks, right? The shortages with, uh, you know, labor at manufacturing plants, the shortages with the trucking industry, uh, just the sheer shortages of supply around the globe. Uh, you know, we don't, obviously, all of our supply for Bloomin' and casual dining is not just from the U.S. And so, you know, we've got a huge chunk of our chain that comes from around the globe. And uh, we, we have a very robust process for onboarding a new supplier and a new facility into our network. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the robust ongoing supply approach. And it's a, it's a mixture of, we call it a hybrid approach, right? And it's, we do a lot of work remotely, uh, virtually collecting data, collecting documentation, um, and it's not just a boots on the ground approach because obviously the boots on the ground approach, you know, was intermittently done. You know, not all folks were letting you in their facility. Uh, we, we, we couldn't travel to certain places, you know, around the globe. And so we really leveraged that hybrid approach and what we call as a substitution process where we collect this kind of bare minimum information out of the grade and uh, essentially kind of an interview or virtual audit with a supplier to kind of understand their programs, their teams, their processes, and can we get to Bright and give them a, what we call a conditional approval until we can later validate. So we did do quite a bit of that as a food safety team. Uh, I think the name of the game was Agile, be flexible, be ready for anything, right? right. Uh, and that was very helpful. Uh, you know, and it still is to this day because obviously those challenges continue. I think one of the things that really was, um, you know, just very, very apparent to me was that mm -hmm. Bloomin has really strong communication and strong communication channels and resources mm -hmm. resources in place. Like we have a longstanding relationship. You and I are usually talking about, you know, recalls or pops, right. of, pops of illness that are in other organizations or in other parts of the country. Um, those same resources and those same communication tools were really effective 
um, used in yes. a different way. And that, that they, the agility was built in through those, those bricks that we've built over the years. Yes. No, that's exactly right. And I think, you know, what the, what's the saying when you're in the side of crisis, then you really know who your, your, your friends are, right? Mm-hmm. Your allies and your, your trusted partners. And, and we for sure had that experience across the blooming supply chain, across the network where, you know, our partners, our suppliers, we're all watching out for each other and, uh, you know, prioritizing what we had to and prioritizing for both all sides of business, you know, across, not just, not just blooming in the restaurants and supply chain, but very much for our supplier partners too. Uh, prioritization for them. One of the things that yep. that was really interesting for us and just really very much heartwarming was um, mm-hmm. where where competitors were sharing information and sharing resources that we didn't yeah. always see in this in this business. I mean, there's always right. there's always been strong associations, but direct competitors not saying, "Hey, yes. hey, what's worked for you?" I participated in this weekly CEO group that you know really was was just an incredible source of information. Hey, mm-hmm. here, here's what we tried and worked. Here's what we tried that didn't work. You know, here's anybody got to, yeah. you know, y'all having trouble with chicken wings. We can't get wings. Um, right. You know, those kinds of things. Yeah, that has been really, you know, some shining light through this pandemic because food safety, of course, as you well know, Rosalind, we've not seen that as a competitive advantage for, you know, dozens and dozens of years and, and, and you know, have these one-off conferences where it's more dedicated topics but it's been nice to have those connections, yes. you know, offline through this pandemic to just reach out and, hey, is this happening? Is this not happening? Um, I've been able to participate in a few partner conferences across folks like, you know, the eco labs of the world and uh, share best practices. And one of, the, one of the most interesting things I shared with some of my peers that also have dual brands under their portfolio uh, is, you know, how did you push out uh, change quickly, right? Because because as organizations of our size, we're typically pretty slow about making change, right? There's lots of layers and process to go through. Uh, but in that pandemic, you know, if we wanted to give our restaurants a procedure, for example, how to thaw a piece of protein, a whole muscle protein, we just, I authored some of those. Some of our operations partners had eyes on it and we just blasted it out. There was no customization for this brand or that brand. And so, you know, it was interesting to hear some of, uh, you know, our peers in the industry that share brands had very similar experiences. Just be agile, be nimble, and and, and push it out quickly. Uh, I hadn't even for the win. thought about that because we do push mm-hmm. out documents for you and push out for, yes. you know, one set for ang- outbackers, one set for anglers. Right, and, right. Yeah, and we, it, that, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Yes. And so there was a win. I mean, there's only, you know, boil water otter. It doesn't matter what brand it is. Right. Or right. Thawing, yeah, there's yeah, there's the best practice. And so we just pushed them out. So what are the current supply chain and food safety issues? Because they've changed. Yes. You know, there's have. a lot of shortages, you know, a lot of delays. Yes. Yeah, a lot of shortages. Um, you know, fortunately, we, we continue to look at our supply chain uh, with with a very uh well, daily prioritization of risk assessment approach. So we focus on our high risk supply items, always at the top of our list. Um, and, and we're fortunate enough that, you know, we've had some solid partners, you know, in, in our high risk categories that have continued to maintain their programs for food safety. Uh, there's been a little more wobble on the quality side. Uh, Interesting. You know, I'll, 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 I'll share that there's, there's been more wobble there on, on the quality side. Uh, but but our supplier partners are definitely putting food safety first 
and you know those programs you know continue to maintain in place and you know we're not cutting corners in those those places so to speak right so you know we're not stopping a test and hold program before product releases uh, you know, environmental programs are still, you know, in place where they need to be on ready to eat food. So those things aren't changing. Uh, you know, quality has been a little bit tougher with the staff shortages and, and, and the pressure on supply, mm-hmm. right? So, so, so a, a quality assessment of a product review that's usually 24 or 48 hours after production, you know, sometimes those things are, are where, uh, you know, the rubber meets the road, right? And just get, get the truck moving, get it moving. Right. So, so we definitely have seen more quality issues, uh, you know, uh, you know, on our side of the supply chain. And then, of course, we've had some, you know, some unlucky, uh, you know, call it call it unlucky shortages too, where, you know, custom products on the road and the truck gets in an accident, mm-hmm. <laughs> or or you know, the reefer unit wasn't on, and temp maintained, just some, just some, just you know, I call them bothersome errors, right? Where all things are trucking along good and then you have an issue later on in the pipeline. So we've had a little bit more of that in an uptick. Uh, we've seen more of that in the last two weeks also. Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. More more of that in the last couple of weeks. Uh, you know, but but I, our team tries to take that those experiences and learn from them and just continue to improve on things, you know, upstream. Because those things are going to happen, right? And we just share the best practices and learnings, and we, we move on. Yeah. So from where from where you sit, what were the biggest lessons learned? Yeah. So I think, well, one thing to really celebrate with this pandemic, if there's such a thing to celebrate, right, is the hand washing. Uh, you know, honesty. So I, I, you know, I know a lot of us have talked about that, but you know, we 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 were we were hand washers before we picked our careers, right? And uh, one of my favorite sayings, truthfully, that our Blooming team came up with uh, that, that we pushed out early in the pandemic is wash your hands like you just chop some jalapenos and you got to take your contacts out. <laughs> and that's, uh, you know, that's one of the things that I really hope sticks in this pandemic is that we were hand washing all across the network. Uh, you know, we've been good hand washers in areas of the business, but not everywhere. So let's hope that that continues. Right. Uh, you know, with either the next pandemic or continuing on with this one, because it's only helping us reduce all those other, you know, non-COVID issues that hit us in restaurant and supply chain. Right. And then, you know, other lesson learned too, is we we did take a pause when things slowed down about last fall after the, the crazy start of the pandemic in summer. And we just took time to document everything we did. And whether that was supply chain, you know, pipeline changes, whether it was process changes across operations, whether it was food safety, uh, you know, work we were doing with our manufacturing partners, we took a time to just document all those SOPs and things we did and, and created a bit of a playbook, if you will. Not to say that the next one will have to follow that exactly right, because we need to be nimble and flexible with what hits us, but, but it definitely will be a good go-to reference for us, you know, should this, you know, knock on wood, this is real wood, ever happen again? Well, and that leads me to, to where I'm going. So, so <laughs> there are so many experts that are um, really have grave mm-hmm. predictions for the fall um, and mm. grave predictions for the next pandemic. And, and just right. a little context, Bloomin was um, prepared for this in, in really rather unique ways. I sat on a Bloomin flu pandemic planning committee that first mm-hmm. met in 2009. 
Um, and, and so many of the pieces that you that you have in place were from that and hurricane response plans. Um, right. And it's really heartwarming to hear, you know, that you took the time to stand down and, and write the SOPs. You and I know how long it took to get a boil water. We, we both. Right. We'll, right. we'll both go to our graves. 50 yeah. revisions later, yeah. yes. <laughs> um, um, so th- that's really cool. And, and I think that's yep. a, a really important lesson learned. Um, for us, too, we were forced to, as a business, you know, we were, I don't want to say we, we were very much an office that operated nine to five, and then someone was on call after hours as needed. Sure. Um, and, yep. and now we are a 5 a.m. to midnight business and mm-hmm. had to train all of those people and had to document both for, for a training perspective and SOPs. And it really mm-hmm. took us as a business into a different place. And, and that yes. for us, we spooled all that up in March, April and, and May of last last year. Um, Mm -hmm. So just sort of one, you know, one final place to go in this conversation. We're hearing, again, there are some experts that are talking about another surge in the fall. Or other experts that that are talking about um, that we have very little flu flu immunity and, you know, none of Mm -hmm. us have been exposed to cold. Um, Right. What does the industry need to know or have on hand to ramp back up, either operating in COVID or for the next pandemic, or if we have a really bad flu season or... Yeah, I think, you know, we've, we've talked about that, you know, in, in, in good detail, uh, you know, as a food safety team, as well as, you know, across the supply chain team at Bloomin. And, you know, it, it, it does feel like we can never have enough sanitizer, right? right. It's sanitizer, sanitizer, and more sanitizer. Uh, you know, thankfully, the, the industry really responded with that. And, you know, we, we had many liquor manufacturers making, you know, sanitizer for the industry. But it does feel like those items, such as uh, mask, sanitizer, chemicals with a longer shelf life or, you know, no shelf life, there's no reason not to be in the ready with what triggers, you know, you're going to pull, you know, on that front. So, so that's definitely something that we've talked about. Uh, you know, the other things we've talked about is, is, is that you've heard about Bloomin' is, is we, we try to steady state with operations, right? You know, Dino and, and Kathy Cook, and we've all talked about that steady state of operations and our, our trusted team members that have already been trained. You know, that was, was, was very, very helpful for us, right? Because as you had to throw a new procedure out, you were just throwing one new procedure and they'd have to learn 50 new things. Uh, so that that is definitely something in the toolkit that that we're going to continue to leverage. And, and we do very much call it a toolkit here, right, of, of things to go to. Uh, should this happen again to us? And, and, and you're right, you know, e- even on the immune system front, Rosalind, we talk about that. Our food safety team, you know, we travel, you know, well over 70% of the time. And so we joke that we have immune systems like uh, medical professionals and that they're a bit weakened now, right, right. from not being on, on a plane the past year. So so it's, it's, it's probably not a surprise to hear that we're all vaccinated across the team. Uh, but but definitely concerned about just continuing to be a little more safe and precautionary about wearing a mask, even if it's optional, and uh, j- just taking extra measures, you know, in shared uh, places like airports, et cetera, where, where you think about those door handles a little differently now, right? And those shared surfaces, uh, I think um, th- those are going to be ingrained in all of us forever, you know, in- us and our kids of just looking at things a little bit differently of where that germ can sit. Sure, I agree. Where they yep. can germs yes. and sit, and what our yes. what our risks are, and and right. and uh, protecting yourself, you know, because mm-hmm. you can't necessarily rely on the next guy. Right, 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 right. 
And, and your business, the hybrid world, right? That just continues yeah. to evolve, doesn't it? It does. Right? With folks working all these hours all around the globe. Just it, we're, we, we're very available 24-7, like you said. But uh, our biggest problem now is going to be making sure people take time off, right? Right. And work-life balance and maintaining the well-being. And I'm, I'm personally taking a really close look at that now because... I also traveled a great deal and haven't for the last year. And, and do I want to go yes. back to the level of travel that I was doing? Do I need to? Um, right. Because do you was, need to? It was exhausting. You know, not the travel. Yes. You know, I love being in Tampa with you. And I love, you know, sure. you know, you know, love that. It's just the, and even the getting there isn't bad. It's the getting home. Um, <laughs> it's always the getting home, right? It, it is always the getting home. And are you using your time wisely? So I do think that it, it, coming out of this, we're going to use our time better than ever, right? From an efficiency standpoint, with all of that hybrid approach to, yes, you need the boots on the ground approach in some situations, whether it's live meeting together to interact or you know restaurant audit, food safety audit, et cetera. But that hybrid approach is gonna be real valuable for us you know, as organizations as we go forward. Do you so, think food safety teams are yeah. gonna go back to that level of travel? Have, uh, ha- I know they have in some organizations already, although not the international travel yet. Right, yes, and we've just started a couple international trips and um, they were about one month apart. Uh, we've been to a couple different countries, and truthfully, the, from the first trip to the second, significantly easier uh, from a vaccination standpoint and less testing to get through. So it is getting better. Uh, there is light at the end of the tunnel on that front. Uh, but I do think most folks will, at least our opinion is we're never going to replace boots on the ground, but leveraging more virtual work for efficiency of all folks' time will be, you know, will be better utilized. It just, we can't replace it. Right. I agree. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thanks so much. Yep. I'm sure. Sh- yeah. Thank you. I, I'm sure I'll talk to you Appreciate soon, it. but not too soon. You will. <laughs> yes. I know it's one of those awkward things like, hey, I, I don't want to talk to you too soon, right? right? You want to have some weekend time. <laughs> <laughs> Take it yes. easy. Thanks, Lindy. Yes. Thank, thank you, Roz. Take care. Bye-bye. That's our show for today. Thanks again for taking the time to join us. Stay tuned for our next episode in your inboxes and on your podcast app of choice soon. As always, if you have any topics or questions you'd like us to cover or have a guest we should chat with, don't hesitate to reach out to us at support at zerohourhealth.com. To learn more about us and subscribe to our twice-weekly executive summary, check out zerohourhealth.com. Thanks again.